Folks, you can support the hardest working sports talk show in South Florida through Cash App or Venmo. Just search Cash Big O Show. Support us through Cash App or Venmo. Cash Big O Show. We thank you for your incredible support. Right, all right. There he is, ready to go. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I am feeling good. How are you? Very good. Can't complain. Just uh, recovering now. Be an interesting six weeks for me. So we'll uh, we'll get through it as always. Little little uh, surgery, little foot surgery yesterday. So oh. got it done. Wear and tear after fifty-seven years. It happens. Um, let's uh, let's get into a, a little. Uh, first of all, Dolphins wise, what'd you think of the Anthony Weaver hire? Um, I, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a good hire. He's, uh, look, I think he's a coach who there's not only upside in the sense that he's a guy who has some experience, but also, uh, what comes in and I think gives a fresh perspective, uh, to a, to a unit that look, has had a lot of change over the last couple of years. And so, uh, I think it's about finding stability. And I think that Weaver is a guy who can come in and provide some of that for the Dolphins. So I, I overall, I thought it was a good hire. Yeah, uh, to me, the only the, the one thing I've been telling everybody, I didn't have a problem with Josh Boyer. I didn't have a problem with Vic. I have a problem more with Mike McDaniel. So something tells me that this Anthony Weaver thing is is going to be just fine. Plus the move of hiring Joe Barry. Right. who's been the defensive coordinator the last three years in Green Bay and in other places, to be the linebackers coach and run coordinator and sounding board, I think, for an Anthony Weaver, I thought that was actually, to me, that was the genius move out of all of it because I love what Weaver brings and his potential and all that good stuff and where he comes from and all that, but it's always good to have those young coaches have some guidance, and I thought that was actually a nice hire. I really do. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Barry was the hire of a lot of people's uh, feelings in Green Bay as the coordinator, but he's not the coordinator of Miami. And so I think that's good to have that experience on staff. Um, you know, it, it gives you somebody to kind of lean on if you're stuck or maybe you're feeling a little bit like you don't exactly know which way to go in a certain game plan. You have that experience. You have a guy who's been there who's done that. So I agree with you. I think you know, Barry as a D coordinator would scare the hell out of me. Barry as a position coach. I think is is a very smart hire. Yeah, although I don't know about that because the offensive line coach, Butch Berry, for the Dolphins, was terrible at the University of Miami. And when he left Denver to come to Miami, because Mike knows him, he he was so ripped over there in Denver by so many people. And then comes here and does a marvelous job. You know, Austin Jackson turns his career around and all that kind of stuff. And they had backups to backups actually doing serviceable things here on the offensive line. And he just did a marvelous job out of all the position coaches. I think most Dolphin fans will tell you that he was the best position coach out of all of them. And he was the guy that was killed. So sometimes, you know, you just can't go by that. Sometimes you're in the wrong spot. You're at the wrong time. You had bad luck, injuries, whatever it is. Sure. Maybe you also had politics that were getting in the way of you doing your job, too. You, you've been inside this business for a while. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you're put in a position to fail as a player or as a coach or whatever, and it's just something that sometimes is out of your control, but the public doesn't know about it. Yeah. I, you know, look, I think sometimes 
there's definitely, first of all, there's definitely truth in that. Secondly, um, you know, a lot of times you, know, you can have a good coach who just the personnel's not there. The scheme isn't right for the guys who he's inheriting. It takes a couple of years. You don't have a couple of years in the NFL. You know, that's why I always laugh when, you know, it's a lot of these people who are like analytics heavy who are like, well, you know, if you just if you just acquire picks and you accumulate picks for three and four years, it's like, yeah, great. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be fired. This is the national football. This is Madden. Like you don't have 10 years to, to figure it out. And so I do think sometimes, yeah, you've got to kind of come into a situation where you either have the ability to get a lot of new players and turn around quickly, or you walk in where there are guys already in place who can play your scheme. Because if you've got to kind of wait on that, it's tough. It's very tough. Yeah, yeah I'm with you there. How you feeling uh, about your boys this week? Because I'm feeling good, bro. I've I've already bet it twice. I bet it at one and a half, and I bet it at two. I'm doing the same thing I did two weeks ago. You want to give me points? Let's go. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doubling my bet every time you add half a point or a point. Thank you very much. Uh, that's the way I'm looking at it. I know San Fran's a hell of a team. I think KC right now is just best player in the world, got the perfect balance, and has got the defense to stop San Francisco. So I'm I'm going KC here, bro. How you feel? I normally with the Chiefs, I mean look, 30 years of being beaten down by that franchise before Mahomes showed up. I I've like I've become just pessimistic no matter what happens. I actually think the Chiefs are going to put it on San Francisco pretty good in this football game. I've felt that way all week. Um I I think two, really for two reasons. One is I just don't know that the 49ers have the goods to stop Mahomes if they don't get pressure on him relentlessly in this game. I mean, I I love their linebackers. Who doesn't, right? Warner's amazing. Greenlaw's a very good player. Jesus Christ. But, but, like, after that, though, I mean, that secondary, they play a lot of zone. They can be had. Like, you can throw the ball on the 49ers. This isn't a secret. Right. When I look at them up front. This is not the team that got the Super Bowl a handful of years ago where you had Buckner inside and Armstead in his prime. You had D Ford and he was playing well. And you had Bosa, who was unbelievable. I mean, Bosa still remains unbelievable. Chase Young has not been good this year. I mean, go watch the tape. He's not played particularly well. Eric Armstead is still a good player. He is not the player who was five years ago. And Hargrave is, is the guy that is that secondary pass rusher. But the Chiefs are strong inside. So, like, I look at the game and I think, look, if they double Bosa, they chip Bosa, it becomes very hard for the Niners, who do not blitz, to get a lot of pressure. And if Mahomes knows what you're doing, I don't care what you do, he's going to torch you. Like, if he is able to sit back there and look at what he is expecting to see, and throw that football, it's a problem. The other side of it is, I just think Spagnolo against Purdy is a mismatch in the game. I do. I think he can confuse him. I think the Niners are going to try to counteract what they know is coming, which is going to be a ton of pressure by getting the ball out quickly. The Chiefs have two corners in McDuffie and Snead, who are two of the best tackling corners in the NFL. They, they had each had 60 solo tackles this year. They are not afraid to climb up and make a play. They are very good in coverage. It is the strength of their defense. Most teams play the Niners with zone and they back up. The Chiefs are not going to back up and they're not going to play zone. They're going to play press man. They're going to get on the line of scrimmage. They're going to bracket Kittle. They're going to play one-on-one against Ayuk and Samuel. And they're going to say beat us. And if McCaffrey wants to rush for a buck 25, they don't care. They're not going to care because their whole thought process is going to be you're not beating us over the top. And every time you score, it's going to be 12 to 15 plays. And at some point, we're going to get a stop on McCaffrey. It's going to be second and long. And that's when the drive ends because they've been great at that all year. I do think the Niners have a ton of talent. Could they win the game? Absolutely. 
I just think the matchups specifically, a lot of them favor right. Kansas City. Yeah, I, I think so. And that's because of the secondary. Yes, it is. Secondary is going to make it hard on their superpower, yeah. which is Purdy and that and that perfection passing game that he is deadly accurate. He is on time, right? And his guys know how to get open. But if you have Bird and McDuffie playing at a high level and physical, I just think it doesn't allow you to get in that groove. And as long as that line doesn't allow McCaffrey to go crazy, right. I just don't think Sam Fran's going to store score as many points as, as Kansas City when it's all said and done. And I think Kelsey's going to have the game of his life. And I would not be surprised, by the way, Rasheed Rice also have a monster game considering the secondary he's facing. Yeah. I, look, the one thing in this game that's weird, I think, from a national perspective, and, and and I get why, but if you actually look at it, it's just it's a fallacy. There's all this talk about this week about how the Chiefs, well, what are they going? How are they going to block the Niners? What are they going to do? The Niners' defensive front this year has not been great. I mean, Joey, like in Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa is incredible. Ten yeah. and a half sacks, but like an ungodly amount of quarterback hits and pressures. I mean, he's he's a top three defensive player in the league. Okay, he's amazing. After that. Like Hargrave's been good, but you can run the ball relentlessly on them up front. They do not. They, I mean, and, and that goes for Bosa and Chase Young, by the way, who on the edges, they are so aggressive. You can run underneath them. And I guarantee you in this game, Andy Reid is going to use their aggressiveness against them. They're going to run a million different looks to slow down those edge rushers. And they're going to say, listen, if you want to be overly aggressive and shoot up the field a thousand miles an hour, that's great. We're going to hit you with Pacheco on counters and we're going to hit you with screens and all these different things. But I, I think the one thing in this game is the Chiefs are better on both sides of the ball up front. Like if you really look at the game, the Chiefs have Chris Jones up front. They have Carl Loftus up front. They didn't they do not have a Menahu, which is a loss, but they have Mike Dana, who had seven and a half sacks this year. On the offensive line, the Chiefs are missing Tooney, which is a big loss, but Al Grady comes in. He's a good player, is backing him up. They have Humphrey, they have Smith. The Niners up front have Trent Williams and a lot of question marks on that offensive line. I don't like. I'm not saying Chiefs have a massive advantage up front, but I think at worst it's a push. And if it's a push for the Niners in this game up front, they got a problem. I'm sorry, is Trent Williams blocking Chris Jones? He's not blocking Chris Jones. Oh, that's a major problem because yeah, I mean this is <laughs> and this is special to block Chris Jones, okay? Because outside of Aaron Donald, there is nobody more nastier than Chris Jones. By the way, to back up your point, yeah. I just pulled it up. Nick Boza has the 10 and a half sacks. Nobody has more than three and a half sacks after that. It's just, it's a problem for them. Like, let's Fred just has two and a half. Uh, Greenlaw has one and a half. Clennon uh, Farrell, former Raider reject, has three and a half. And Kinlaw has three and a half. Like, you don't really have another sack artist. Nobody else. Well, Har Hargrave, Hargrave has seven. Does he have seven? I don't see it. Where Hargrave is has seven and Armstead has five. Oh, I saw. There it is. Yeah, Javon Hargraves does have seven. So well, Hargraves the guy. Now look, the, but the, again, the only the other guy with the Chiefs, like their interior offensive line is their strength. So I yeah. think they can handle. And that that's to, again, it's matchups. Styles make fights in the NFL. Yeah. If you're, it, I guarantee you, what the Chiefs will do, and everybody listening to this, you watch it, you can remember this, burn it in your brain. They are going to walk linebackers up to the line of scrimmage. Because they are going to force the Niners to block Chris Jones one-on-one -on -one in this game. And they are going to say, here it comes. And they're going to line Jones up over everybody not named Trent Williams. 
and just relentlessly go at him. Colton McKivich is their right tackle. He has struggled this year. I guarantee you they are going to put Chris Jones on Colton McKivich every third down. And they are going to sit there and they are going to walk guys up so that McKivich doesn't have any help. And they're just going to go after him. And they're going to put Carl Loftus on the same side. Look, none of this is foolproof. There's obviously ways to counter that. You can put a back in. You can do different things. Like, I get all that. I just think the matchups in this game, the Niners are used to being able to get a lot of easy yards. A lot of, hey, throw it outside to Samuel. Throw it outside to Ayuk. And we can play pitch and catch, soft zones, bad tacklers on the outside. The Chiefs are not going to do that. They are going to climb up to the line of scrimmage. And I guarantee you in this game, they are going to make Bill Vinovich make the calls. They are going to play this like it's a boxing match. Ask Tyreek Hill. They're going to get up on the line, and they are going to try to press them. Wasn't that wrestling? A little bit of that, too. I mean, and this has been something they've done for years. I remember vividly in 2020, they played the H title game against the Bills for the the, uh, COVID year. Stephon Diggs went up against Brashad Breeland. And Brashad Breeland in that game, the first quarter took three penalties to the line of scrimmage. And the rest of the game, Diggs did nothing. They, I mean, it, it just became, look, call it. Call it every play. We don't care. And right. Belichick used to do that to the Chiefs when they had Hill and Cal- Belichick did that all the time. That's where they got it from. They will do that in this game. They will get up on the line and they will Especially go after Ayuk and Debo and they'll make them call. Remember when they picked up Browner also because Browner was known yes. for – like He was like a linebacker. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was like you, – you call it. I mean, at some point if you're an official – you're not going to call it on every play. You're, you're not going to throw 15 flags in a call. Like they are going to get up on the line and maul them and say, go ahead. Go ahead. Run a route. Run your slant. Try to get all you, – if you want to run a timing pattern, you're going to have a problem. We're going to maul you at the line. The Niners going to figure it out. Well, I would imagine the secret weapon this week, right, Matt, has got to be Kadarius Tony, right, after all those comments this week. <laughs> Andy should be in, enthralled in love with the kid. And oh, he's yeah, probably- sure plugging him in as a starter this week, benching Rasheed Rice, and he's going to throw to Kadarius about 82 times in this game, correct? I mean, I mean, Kadarius really is handling everything just beautifully. Yes, I'm sure that Kadarius Tony is going to be a huge X factor. I appreciate it when asked if he was going to play Andy Reid, said we'll see. Um, I feel <laughs> confident in breaking the news that Kadarius Tony's not playing this week. Um <laughs> I've seen people like oddly. You're not even on the team. No, it's just no, no, no. looks like you're on the team, but you're not even part of the team anymore, bro. They, you may not even know that, but the rest of the world knows that they, nobody in Kansas City wants you anymore, Kadarius. They had a practice. I want forgive me. I think it was last week. It all bunched together at this point, where they were like doing like different different you know route running and just like a just a pass catching drill. And they're showing all these receivers running the same route. And then they, like, pan over and Kadarius Tony's just off to the side by himself. And I was like, yeah, that pretty much is it right there. It's the same thing. Like, well, Sky Moore, he's limited. Yeah, I got news. Sky Moore's not playing. Like, there is no chance. And I've I've seen a handful of national people who are like me should know this and should know better. I don't care if you're national or not. Like, well, they're going to need him on these jet sweeps. The Niners have been susceptible. Bro, let me tell you something right now. McCall Hardman's getting those jet sweeps. Okay? Of course. And I know Hardman fumbled twice in Buffalo. I get it. Dude, you go with people you trust. Hardman, here's a fun little fact. For anyone who wants to throw a prop bet out there, just to to consider this, they played the Niners last year in San Francisco, regular season game. I believe it was late October. 
They won 44 to 23, the average 9.1 yards per attempt. McCole Hardman in that game had three touchdowns, two of them rushing. They kept handing the ball off to McCole Hardman. He was just ripping off huge chunks of yardage. And I've seen people say, hey, listen, that's fine. But he fumbled twice in Buffalo. They gave Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony three and a half months to figure. You think they're going to bench McCole Hardman after two fumbles? MVS couldn't catch a ball for the whole season. Right the time, guy made the biggest catch of the year. They will give the ball to McCall Hardman. I promise you they're not going to shy oh, away from giving the ball to McCall. Two weeks in a row, the Green Bay kid makes some big catches. Yes. Am I right? They're, yes. Yeah. I mean, they, they are not going to shy. McCall Hardman's been there for five years. They're not going to all of a sudden just go away from him. Believe me, they'll hand him the football. It's the opposite of what's freaking going on. If you've watched the games, actually what's going on, the Kansas City offense has gotten better the entire season. It was a mess at the beginning, yeah. even with even with Kelsey, you know, like because nobody else could catch. All right, let's bracket his ass and we'll make it hard. And 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 then Mahomes was frustrated. Then as the year went on, Rasheed Rice went from possession guy to like, okay, I could be like a number two, number right. one for this team now. And then all of a sudden, the Green Bay kid is making catches here the last two games that you need him to make catches. McCole is, is pitching in. Kelsey is now playing like a monster now. You got the running game that's been consistent the entire year. If you actually look at it, the Chiefs have gotten more dangerous as the year has gone on. And so for you to think about anybody else, Kadarius or anybody else at this point, you're not watching. You're not watching. The coach is telling you, who he trusts. Mahomes is telling you who he trusts, and it ain't those guys. Come on, no. man. Look, it's not I, – I, I, we've probably talked about it here. I know I've said this in other spots of written this. Like, th for the course of a 17-game season, you need to rely on your entire team. right? I mean, no matter who you are, no matter how much you may have star power, like, you've got to rely on the – third, fourth, fifth receivers. It's just, it's the nature of the sport, whether it be injuries or just keeping guys fresh. The Chiefs got to the playoffs and basically looked at their their roster and went, you know what? The hell with that. We need to win three or four games. And we're going to ride these guys like Turcotte on Secretariat, okay? Like it's going to be Rice, Pacheco, and Kelsey. And then all of a sudden, I think almost by action, like MVS was like, you know what? I remembered I can catch. And now all of a sudden, like, well, what the hell? Throw him the ball. Like, but it's the other three guys, and it's Mahomes. It's just those three guys, a good line, and Mahomes. And it's like, listen, with that defense, it's good enough. Like, we can score 24 points like this, and if we score 24 points, we're going to win. And so I think for the Chiefs, like, everybody always tries to find that other guy. If, they, if their game plan goes away, the they want it to go against the Niners. I guarantee you it's going to be Kelsey for a buck 10 and Rice for a buck 20 and Pacheco getting the ball 23 times. And, like, that's how they're going to play. And they're going to hit MBS and Hardman and Justin Watson, like, five times combined. And that's how they're going to go. I mean, that's – they're going to lean on their stars. That's what they do. And I would expect them to do it again this week. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that one. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. What do you got going on in Sports Illustrated so uh, folks can check you out, my friend? Yeah, uh, matchups to watch as always. I uh, went did a deep dive. It's coming out on Friday this week. I ranked all the Super Bowls from worst to best, which is out already on SI.com. You can check that out. I had a lot of fun with that. That was also kind of hard. 
That was harder than I thought. It wasn't that hard to rank the best, but ranking the worst, ranking the absolute worst, which, by the way, I went with the, the uh, Super Bowl 50. Broncos-Panthers was an atrocity of a football game. Oh, um, God, yes, yes. It was not good. It was Jake alone, right, and a bunch of interceptions. That you're talking. Oh, it was, it was, it was Cam Newton. It was awful. It was, it was. Oh, oh it was Cam Newton. Newton. That's right. Yeah, of That's course. Right. Yeah. yeah, but you it know, was- one game that I like forgot even happened, and it happened in Miami, and it's actually the first Super Bowl that I remember watching. I just completely blocked it out of my mind. Niners Chargers has to be the biggest mismatch in the history of the Super Bowl. I mean, you go look at that Niners team, about a dozen Hall of Famers. You take Junior Seau out of the picture. I don't even know who was good. Like it's unbelievable how did there should be a thirty for thirty on how the Chargers got to the Super Bowl. It's Mark Say was like the leading receiver, but in any event, um, yeah. So there's that. There's the matchups to watch, um, and then there, there, you know my, I'll have some reaction from the game on Sunday. And even though it, it came out last week, look, go to Newsstands, buy Sports Illustrated. I have a sixteen page spread in there at the top fifty most influential teams in NFL history. It's also online uh, in totality. 72 Dolphins, 84 Dolphins making appearances. So go check it out. Yep, go check it out. Our Dolphins are on the list, and he's always on our list. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam and catch his work there at Sports Illustrated. Matt, enjoy the week. Enjoy the Super Bowl, my friend. We'll talk next Wednesday. Take care. Thank you, sir. There you go. The great Matt Verderam. Always appreciate him.